your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. August 5th, 2020, uh, more than halfway through the week already, and a couple days in the books of Raider Nation Radio. Very excited about that. Not going to talk a whole lot about Raider Nation Radio, but I will say, just going to say a little bit, Silver and Black Today, day two, really, really good. A lot better than even day one was. And I'm a guy who's very, very critical about everything we do, and myself and Scott Goldbranson think we held it down a major way for day two. Again, a lot better than day one went. So I think that's going to continue to grow and get better. And not only just our show, The Silver and Black Today, but, you know, Clay and Pritch, really good job. JT the Brick, really good job. And of course, Vinny Bonsignor, he uh, he followed us up as well, and uh, he did a really good job. So uh, two days in the books, and uh, yeah, double thumbs up from your boys. So here we are today on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And what are we going to talk? Well, we're going to talk some more Raiders, right? Why not? Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. I even got a couple shout outs by way of Twitter that I got to make sure I get out. And that'll come up in segment number three. Segment number two, Derek Carr, quarterback of the Raiders. He actually had an opportunity to talk to the media and he had a very long media session, man. It's like 26 minutes of Derek Carr and the media. And it was actually before I was able to, I was still on ESPN Central Texas when he was having that media session. So I didn't get to listen to it, but I heard clips and I heard pieces of it and the one thing that I did is what a lot of people do is they'll they'll read a headline somebody will be on there and they'll tweet out a quote from Derek Carr so Derek Carr had a few quotes that went viral basically on uh, on Tuesday and so when I went back after the Silver and Black Today show and actually listened to all 26 minutes of what he had to say I actually came away with a few different opinions than what I saw and read by way of Twitter as how Twitter can be a little a little confusing at times. People see the headlines, people see the quote, and you don't really hear the context in which he said it. And so it means a different thing, at least to me. So in segment number two, I got a couple clips. I'm not going to play the whole 26 minutes, obviously. Going to play like three or four clips from Derek Carr, what he had to say on Tuesday to the media, and I'm going to speak on that. Segment number one, going to give you the news and the notes of the day, including you're going to hear a couple clips from offensive coordinator Greg Olson because he also met with the media on uh, on Tuesday, and he, his, his media session was a lot shorter than Derek Carr's was. It was about 15 minutes, but uh, you'll hear a couple clips from him as well here in segment number one. So let's go ahead and jump into it, the news and the notes of the day. 
The biggest piece of news, in my opinion, that came down about the Raiders on Tuesday was P.J. Hall. You thought we were done talking about P.J. Hall, right? No. P.J. Hall was the second-round draft pick out of Sam Houston State, who originally on Monday was released by the team. But then before he was officially released and before the paperwork was actually in, he gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Mayock is able to get a conditional seventh-round pick in. Well, it's not done. There's still more to it. Before I get into what else happened, let me go ahead and play this call off the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line from Joe in Arizona, because this call is about P.J. Hall, so I'm going to combine this and put it together. So here's Joe in Arizona. Listen to him. Hey, Q, Joe in Arizona. Hey, bro, um, I just saw that uh, P.J. Hall failed his physical, so now he's being reverted back to Las Vegas. So what what does that mean for us? Do we just cut him? Uh, are we going to try and trade him to somebody else? But if he failed his physical, no one else is going to pick him up, so... Is he just done? And it's like, holy crap, man, why can't we find these draft picks that will be an ace? Hi, brother. Uh, loving the show still. Uh, I love what you're doing through all this garbage. And uh, congratulations on that new show that you're doing there. I haven't had a chance to listen, uh, but I'm going to try and make that my next couple days uh, catching your, uh, your portion of the show. So, hi, brother. So there's Joe in Arizona talking about the fact that P.J. Hall failed his physical with the Vikings. He reverts back to the Raiders, so the Raiders can't even get rid of him when they want to. Well, Joe, the good news is they were just able to release him. They just waved him once he reverted back to the Raiders, But I and I went on a little bit of a, a, a rant on the Silver and Black Today show as soon as we jumped on Raider Nation Radio. I mean, immediately, as soon as we jumped on, I was hot. I was super hot. I was like hot like the Texas heat. You know what I mean? I was so fired up because, again, I cannot stand lazy. And P.J. Hall, who's been called out by by Mike Mayock, the GM at the Combine, John Gruden called him out, and this dude is in such bad condition, he can't even pass a physical with the Vikings, and this is what you do. This is how you make your money. This is how you butter your bread is by being an athlete. It's like me being on the radio and going to work without headphones. Guess what? I'm unprepared. You know what I mean? It's like me showing up to work on the on the first day where if I had if I had uh, started on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio on the very first day was like I was late. You know what I mean? Like you just don't do that. It's just awful. This dude is already on the roster bubble. He's being traded for a conditional seventh round pick, which is just about nothing. And this dude can't even pass a physical. So who knows? I mean, the Raiders waved him. Somebody will pick him up and think that they can motivate him. But I always say that you should never have to be motivated to do what you do, especially if doing what you do is what you love. That is just absolutely ridiculous. So, Joe, the answer is no, they don't try to trade him to anyone else. They just wave him and be done with them. If you don't want to work and don't even want to be in enough physical shape to pass your physical, you don't deserve to be a Raider. Simple as that. And I love that approach. John Gruden, Mike Mayock, uh, Rod Marinelli, all of them have the same. Paul Gunther, they're all on the same page. If you don't want to put in the work, you got to go. So hopefully that's the last I get to talk and have to talk about P.J. Hall. Now, a couple more little nuggets on some players. Running back Devontae Booker, he was activated off the COVID-19 list, so he's back. Uh, maybe he'll compete for that running back, that backup running back spot, but Devontae Booker is uh, cleared off the COVID-19 list. Linebacker Yukimi Aligwe, he opted out, and then you remember on Monday, defensive back DJ Killings and defensive end Jeremiah Villaga, he they opted out, so that's three players total so far for the Raiders that have opted out, and according to my guy Anthony Galaviz from the Fresno B, the current roster 
for the Raiders sits at 79 players. They're under the 80-man roster for training camp, and they have room for one more spot, one more addition to the roster. And my final piece of news or final little nuggets I have for segment number one of today's Locked On Raider podcast is just a couple audio clips from Greg Olson's uh, press conference that he had on Tuesday with the media. If you want to hear the whole thing, uh, I always tell you go to Raiders.com. You can check it out on there. But uh, I just got a couple clips I want to play for you. So the first one is Greg Olson talking about the Raiders' struggles in the red zone in 2019 and how they're trying to improve that for 2020. Well, inside the 10-yard line, uh, our goal-to-go offense uh, was horrific. Uh, we turned the ball over four times. Uh, we we, uh, we settled for field goals too often. Uh, so, you know, that'll be an area of emphasis as we go through training camp will be our goal-to-go offense, uh, goal-line offense. There were times on uh, fourth down, uh, a couple fourth down plays on fourth and goal where we didn't get it. So we're just uh, focusing on that area inside the 10-yard line goal to go. So there's Raiders offensive coordinator Greg Olson right there talking about the struggles in the red zone in 2019 and what they're doing right now currently to work on their red zone offense in 2020. That's a storyline that's been talked about quite a bit. There's been a couple storylines that uh, we've been talking about a lot here on the podcast. One, the second half struggles on the offense. How come they can't score in the second half? And then the other big one obviously has been the red zone offense. So there's Greg Olson addressing that right there. The next clip I want to play for you is one of the new additions it's about one of the new additions on the team in 2020. Greg Olson on how he envisions the Raiders using running back Lynn Bowden Jr. Very similar to what it was in college. And, you know, right now we have him working out of the running back room. He's meeting with the running back, Kirby Wilson, our running back coach. And we're, so we've got him at the running back, but also he's had to learn a lot of things that we do at the quarterback position. So, you know, you see the, the, the game changing from year to year the use of the RPOs and the use of uh, the Taysom Hills and those type of players that, that played that uh, RPO style of offense in college, they become valuable for us. Uh, and, and, and we believe that he can transition and be a, be a running back as, as well as do some of those plays at the quarterback position that he did in college. Now, I don't want to take a whole lot from what is being said in early August, but I'll tell you, with him saying that they want to use him similar to what they saw in college, that excites me. Uh, that excites me, one, because, well, he was used in multiple ways in, in college. Two, because, well, they added Henry Ruggs as their first wide receiver, their first draft pick in 2020, and that's when I said, well, I feel like this offense is going to open up. If they're trying to get creative and use Lynn Bowden Jr., similar to what you saw from him in college, and then they have the speed of Henry Ruggs, and then they got the size of Brian Edwards. Some good things could really be coming to this Raiders offense if they're able to execute. So I'm pretty excited about hearing that from Greg Olson and kind of surprised, to be honest with you, kind of surprised that he put that much out there in early August. And I don't think he was just throwing it out there to throw it out there. I think he was 100% serious. So we will see, but I get pretty excited when I hear Lynn Bowden Jr. And, and him being used similar to what you saw from him in school. The final clip from Greg Olson and the final little piece of nugget that I want to play for you here in segment number one, and then we'll get into segment number two, Derek Carr and what he had to say to the media. This is about Derek Carr from Greg Olson on what Derek Carr needs to do to be able to take the, his next step in being the team's franchise quarterback. Well, I see him create, you know, and create, and that's 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 – uh, you know, I think if you said that about Derek's career, can he be more creative? When the play breaks down, uh, can you create, get out and create, and, and it'd be the play after the play called. Okay, this play broke down, now you've got to escape and get outside the pocket and create some force or push forward and run. And uh, that, that's been an emphasis. Uh, as he sees it, he's athletic enough 
that he can create with his legs. So we're just uh, working on him to create more uh, outside the pocket. And let the church say amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Hearing him say that, and it's kind of something that you knew. It's something that I've talked about. I asked Lincoln Kennedy about that on Monday on Raider Nation Radio on Silver and Black Today, and he said it's not in him. And I talked about it on the podcast on Tuesday. He said it's not in him to use his legs, but I love the fact that Greg Olson says that's how he's going to take the next step. Something John Gruden's been telling him. Something that he did a little bit, tried to do a little bit more of in 2019. But to know that that's something that they're harping on is such good news. And hopefully it sinks in, because in my opinion, that's how Derek Carr takes the next step. It's something I've talked about so many times when I said that, you know, sometimes you got to give your, your receivers chances. Sometimes if their initial play is not there, you've got to be able to create. You've got to be able to adapt. You know, turn something, turn uh, lemons into lemonade instead of just, you know, giving up on a player, just checking it down just for the sake of checking it down. Sometimes you've got to be able to make an extra play. And the way to do that is with his legs. He's got to be able to roll the pocket. He's got to be able to get outside the pocket. And hell, go pick up a first down with your legs if you have to. Now, don't fumble the ball out the end zone, uh, you know, and and have a touchback like we've seen him do a few times, but be confident in your legs. So I was so happy to hear Greg Olson say that, and I was happy to hear him say that early in camp. So that obviously means that they're harping on that. That's something that they're really pushing Derek Carr to do, especially when bringing in a guy like Marcus Mariota. You're letting them know that, hey, this is what you've got to do. You've got to be able to use your legs. You see this guy sitting behind you? He could use his legs. Now, he's got some issues too. He's got some warts. He's not a he's not a finished product, but he could use his legs and he could really help out in that Raider offense. So that was really good to hear. So What did Derek Carr have to say? Derek Carr had a lot to say, 26 minutes worth. You're not going to hear that whole press conference, but I got a couple nuggets that I pulled from it that I want to play for you, I want to speak on, and you're going to hear that next here on today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number one, you heard the news and notes of the day, and you also heard from offensive coordinator Greg Olson as he addressed the media, had about a 14 or 15 minute media session. You want to hear the whole thing, you can go to Raiders.com and check it out. You could also go to Raiders.com and check out the whole Derek Carr press conference, about 26 minutes. I'm not going to play all 26 minutes. Not going to do it. That's just too long. Uh, Can't make that happen. You know, we're on a time restriction around here. Also, the other thing I will say real quick before I even get into Derek Carr's presser is if you're trying to listen to Raider Nation Radio 920, I'm so fired up about this opportunity again. Uh, I'll probably talk about it a lot. But either way, if you are trying to listen to that, you can download the Raiders official app and you could actually stream it live on the app. Like, that's incredible. I mean, if you think about it, and I promise this is all I'm going to say on it. If you think about it, your boy is sitting in Central Texas and I'm on the Raiders official app streaming on the show with Scott Goldbranson on Silver and Black Today. Like, are you kidding me? If you had told me that a year ago, I'd have been, I'd have called you a liar. You know what I mean? And I know that probably means nothing to most people, but to me, it's a small baby step, and it's just, it, it blows my mind. When I actually realized, and someone actually pointed it out to me, when I actually realized that you can go to the Raiders app, which I have on my phone, and I could go ahead and click on Raider Nation Radio and here the show that I'm on and all, and the whole lineup the whole I mean the whole station in general you can hear it from there Oh, that's incredible, man. That that's I'm living my best life right now. I mean, even though there's a lot more goals I have in life, but there's 
I, that's, you can't really tell me nothing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so fired up about that. So anyway, back to what I wanted to talk about here in segment number two. Just had to brag on that real quick. And that's not bragging on me. That's bragging on Raider Nation Radio. But let me get back to what I, I was focused on. Or I'm trying to focus on. Derek Carr, he had his uh, media session, and it was about 26 minutes long. Again, not going to play the whole thing. But I found some pieces of what he had to say very, very interesting. There was a lot of good stuff in it, but I, I can't, like I said, can't play it all. So I just kind of scattershot and said, you know what? This is really good. I got some good things to say about this, so let me go ahead and play that. So the first clip that I want to play for you is Derek Carr talking about Rookie wide receiver Brian Edwards, a third-round pick out of South Carolina. A lot of people are fired up about him, about his size. He's a guy that I look at and say, okay, and I've said it multiple times, I think he basically replaces Tyrell Williams next season, unless Tyrell Williams just balls out of control. But I see Brian Edwards in that Tyrell Williams role. I see him in that role of being that, that guy in the red zone that they go to early and often. They might do that this year. But I kind of see him having a bigger role in 2021. But what does Derek Carr see from wide receiver Brian Edwards. Yeah, Brian is very violent route runner, and that's a good thing. Uh, he's very violent, he's very uh, aggressive um, in his cuts, in and out of his cuts. Uh, he's someone, uh, he reminds me uh, in, when the ball's in the air of Devante. Uh, great ball skills, you know. Devante, uh, uh, Anthony knows, he watched all those games, man. Uh, you know, Devante's someone where, there's just a trust that I just, I could throw it up one-on-one uh, -on -one, and them 50-50 balls were 98-2 for us, you know, and the two meaning something fluke happened and his shoe fell off, you know, and like our goal line offense at Fresno State was throw a fade, <laughs> you know, uh, when Crabtree was here, it was our goal line offense was hand off, hand it off or throw a fade to Crab, you know, and, and he reminds me of that kind of guy, you know, someone who can uh, not only use his physicalness in the route, but also when the ball is in the air. Um, some of those, some of those catches you watch him run. He runs a double post. He runs a, a fade against Tennessee. He runs a double post at home at South Carolina. You know some of these things that I watched him on film do uh, before the draft. You sit there and you're like, bro, this this guy. You could tell like this dude is a, a freak talent. Like why is he not talked about in the first round kind of a thing? And then you hear about the injuries and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, okay, well, good for us. You know, so you, you get a guy in that room. But I, I remember Gru telling me. You know, he, he said, look, I like this guy and I like this guy. And the two guys he said that he liked, the next day we drafted both of them. So it, it was pretty impressive how that worked out. So there's Derek Carr talking about third-round wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. And so things stood out to me. Devontae Adams. He mentioned Devontae Adams, and, and he sees a, a lot of Devontae Adams in Brian Edwards. And, of course, they both went to Fresno State, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. And he had a great relationship with him, uh, made a lot of magic happen with him. So that excites me. Another thing that stands out to me, Michael Crabtree. When uh, the Raiders were really, really successful in 2016, the go-to man in the red zone, you heard him say it, was Michael Crabtree. A lot of people thought Amari Cooper was Derek Derek Carr's go-to guy, but the guy that Derek Carr went to when he needed a big-time catch, regardless if it was in the red zone or anywhere else on the field, he was looking for 1-5. He was looking for number 15. He was looking for Michael Grabtree. Not Crabtree, but Michael Grabtree. So if he's seeing Brian Edwards, he's seeing a little crabbing in Brian Edwards, that's something to get pretty fired up about. So that's something that stood out to me in a major way. Now, we talked about him moving his legs, right? You heard Greg Olson say that he's got to be able to make some plays outside of the pocket. So, what has Derek Carr been doing to try to get his mind and his body in that mode, you know, keeping plays alive with his feet? Here's what Derek Carr had to say about that. There's a lot of things. It's, uh, it's one of those things that you just got to gotta work on all the time. You know, it's one of them things that um, 
you know, I say when uh, before Coach Gruden got here, I, I barely did it. You know, uh, I just I'm gonna sit in the pocket. I'm gonna sit here and these reads are gonna beat you. And my arm's gonna beat you. And then he came in, and the first year was a struggle just trying to figure out how to, you know, move and run around in the pocket. Then last year happens, and you know we're running more touchdowns. We're you know getting more first downs with my legs. We're winning football games with me scrambling. So the the arrow is trending up. So it's a good thing, but. We want to still do more. Like my job is always to do more. So I've been, I bet you do drills. You know, Josh. Like I, like I set people up and 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 I and I work a progression. Then I scramble. And I, that's my conditioning that I would do all off season. You know, I'm scrambling, just creating plays, making guys do different things, getting the feel for how they break and stuff like that. So uh, it's always something that you want to work on. Um, but first and foremost, I'm gonna try and my progression, all these kind of things. But what's nice being in this offense for the third year, like you can move through it even fast. I thought last year was fun. Man, this year is even more fun. Like how fast I can get through things and then hit it and go, you know, and go get a first down. You know, it's like the way that I'm able to do that. And it, it's just a luxury being in the same system. You know, this this league nowadays is, you know, especially for young quarterbacks, man, you're in and you're out. Like you got a new coach, you got new this, and everyone's trying to get new everything all the time. Whereas this is my, this is my third year with Gru and, uh, and Ole and second year with Johnny Moe in the, in the room and just, we're talking the same language. We're moving through the same things all the time to where I could play even faster, which we did some really good things last year. So I like it. I mean, he's saying all the right things. Now you just got to go see him executed in the game, right? He's saying that he's trying to get it so it's muscle memory, so he just does it. If he has to think about it, he's not going to do it. But if his body just goes and reacts, if he if he hammers it home enough where it's just like second nature, that's when you'll start to see him take off. Again, going back a few years, and this is the only place I disagree with Lincoln Kennedy, Lincoln Kennedy said it's not in his nature to take off. But if you go back a few years, Derek Carr, we all remember him somersaulting in that first game of, against New Orleans, right? He somersaulted for the first down. He made plays with his legs at one point, and then the ankle happened. And once the ankle happened, it was pretty much a done deal. I don't know if he doesn't trust it. I don't know if he gets a little scary when it comes to that. Uh, we all know that he gets sometimes a little happy feet when people get around his, his legs, or he thinks that people are getting around his legs. So I think a lot of that has to do with it, but we've seen him do it. We've seen him roll out. We've seen him kind of keep plays alive before. He just hasn't done it in a while. Did it a little bit in, in 2019. He's got to do it more to be able to take that next step, in my opinion. So uh, that was that was that. Okay, and that kind of goes with what Greg Olson said in segment number one. Now the next question was: Derek Carr was asked about no fans at Allegiant Stadium the first year for the Raiders there in Vegas, which obviously stinks. But then the best, the better part of the question had to do with him: Did he ever think about opting out of the 2020 season? And this is where things start to get really good. Yeah, so uh, two part there, right? Uh, one, one was the fans. Uh, you know, Mr. Davis, uh, he came out yeah yesterday, right? Yesterday and said there won't be any fans. And I, I think he said before a couple weeks ago it'd be all or none, right? So I don't know what the discussions were. You know, I. I just stick to my job, right? Um, I don't know what those discussions were, but I know that if if he couldn't have everybody, he didn't. He probably didn't feel right saying, "Well, you guys can come, but you guys can't," right? And I, I think he's just trying to be as fair and keep everyone as safe as possible. It's a tough decision. I mean, I don't think we can fault anybody if they opt out, if they don't opt out, if they say fans, if they don't say fans. I mean, everyone's trying to do their best, you know. Uh, and and we're not, we're obviously we're human. We're going to see mistakes along the way, but. I think Mr. Davis is trying to do his very best to protect uh, our fans, protect the workers at the stadium, protect the players. He's trying. He's trying to do his best for everybody. So uh, I commend him for that. Uh, part two of that was: Did I think about opting out? 
Um, when this thing came up, I, I did not. Uh, I have a lot to prove to myself. I have a lot to prove to, to my organization. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm tired of being disrespected. So uh, there was no question I was going to play this year. So he said all the right things about Mark Davis in the stadium and doing the right thing. And again, uh, you know how I feel about it. I feel like Mark Davis made the right decision as well. But uh, all of a sudden, you hear him throw in there, there was no question he was going to play this year. He's tired of being disrespected. And obviously, that's one of the headlines that really, uh, or that's one of the tweets that caught all the headlines on uh, on Tuesday, man. It was on everything. Pro Football Focus, NFL.com. I mean, all over. All NFL writers, because they saw that headline, someone tweeted it out, and someone saw it, and they didn't listen to the context of the whole press conference they just ran with that and we even discussed it a little bit on the silver and black today show and i have to admit i hadn't listened to the press conference before we went on the air because i was on the radio on espn central texas when that actually happened so i had listened to it after the show was over and then all of a sudden i got a different perspective and i started thinking a little bit different and why I started thinking a little bit different is because of this question right here, and I believe Tashawn Reed from The Athletic is the one who asked this question. What does he need to do to prove his doubters or prove folks that are disrespecting him wrong? Very interesting answer right here from Derek Carr. Listen to it and listen to it closely. It's not, it's not about proving anybody wrong. Uh, it's about just going and getting that Super Bowl trophy with my teammates. It has nothing to do with anybody outside, but on the inside, we just want to hold that trophy. Because what I, I'm tired of, you know, the whole the hype machine that sometimes the NFL can be, right? Like I, I played way better last year than I did in 2016. Yet all we do is talk about that. Well, we won 12 games, so yay! Oh, everyone's excited. Like that stuff, that's, I'm done with all that stuff. So you can say good stuff. Like I said, you can say bad stuff. I think you can sense it in the last probably a year or so. I just don't care anymore. You say whatever you want. I'm trying to go win this Super Bowl so we can hang one of these banners in this in, this beautiful indoor that we got. And then I want to go try and do it again. And then I want to go try and do it again until I'm too old or they kick me out of this place. Like, I, I, just, don't, I just don't care about any of that stuff anymore. You know, as soon as we go and win 12 games, Darren Waller's going to be top 10 on the NFL list, as he should have been this year. You can't tell me there's 95 better players than Darren Waller as he walks by right here. Like, you can't, I, I just won't believe it. How's Rodney Hudson not on there? How's Trent Brown? the best right tackle in all of football not on that list you know so it, it's this hype machine as soon as we start winning everyone's mad and ratings go up shocker you know it's, it's like i'm tired of all that kind of stuff and i'm not playing those games anymore i'm just and honestly i'm happy that we're doing it this way like i just get to come in here and work with my guys every day and if, if we win awesome great we're going to keep grinding i'm just going to stay true to what i do now, see, I actually really, really like that answer. And, you know, it's so funny because on Silver and Black Today, the show, uh, Mo Moten came on and, and he was talking about it. And he said, you know, if he doesn't care what people think, then he wouldn't speak on it. And, you know, th that could be true. That's not always true for some people. I don't care about a lot of things, but I'll still speak on it. So I guess I kind of care, whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, either way you look at it, I like what his answer was there because he, it sounded like when I was reading, and again, this is just because I hadn't got to hear it yet, when I was reading the headlines and I was reading what he had to say about I don't care and then you know people were talking about well he's talking about Madden he's talking about the NFL top 100 well on that when he said that when the, those actual quotes that you just heard he wasn't necessarily even talking about himself he was talking about Darren Waller who came in at number 99 he said how is there 95 players better than Darren Waller in the league that was a credit to his teammate he talked about Rodney Hudson not being on the list that's a credit to his teammate 
You know, and then he said uh, about Madden ratings go up when, when you start winning games. So that's credit to the whole team. So as I took it, as I first just read it, I thought, okay, he's just talking about himself and he's talking about not being on the top 100. He's talking about his Madden ratings being low. But he wasn't really. He was actually cutting for his teammates. That I can respect. That I actually feel really good about. Matter of fact, later on today on the Silver and Black Today Show, we're going to have my little segment that I do when it's, you know, called the Q-tips or, or whatever, whatever um, whatever we've named my, my little segment. And I think I'm going to bring that up. I think that's the point I'm going to bring up because I think a lot of people took Derek Carr for wrong for what he said. And I'm not a guy who goes out there and apologizes for Derek Carr. I'm not a guy who goes out there and has his back all the time because I know he has flaws. There's things I'd like to see him do better. And I thought this was kind of him getting in his feelings, but it wasn't. If you listen to that and you really paid attention to what he had to say, he wasn't in his feelings at all. He was like, hey, you know, this team will get credit when this team starts winning games. And when they start winning games and they start getting into double-digit wins like they did in 2016, everything is rosy. That's when you get a bunch of pro bowlers. That's when you get a bunch of guys on the NFL top 100. That's when you get a lot of credit. That's when Madden starts giving you ratings. That's when everyone is talking about you in a good light. But when you're only winning four games one year, seven games another year, and you're missing the playoffs, then yeah, you're not going to get the credit that you deserve. I mean, there's a reason why Josh Jacobs didn't win Offensive Rookie of the Year. One, he didn't play the full season. And two, the Raiders only won seven games. Same with Max Crosby. He didn't win Defensive Player of the Year for the rookies because Nick Bosa went to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? The more you win, winning is something people like. People like winners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Winning has to do, and maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it should be just stats or whatever, but ultimately it always comes down to winning. So I'll tell you right now, from that 26-minute presser that I heard of Derek Carr, I take away that quote right there, and I say he was spot on. Absolutely 100% spot on, and I could appreciate that. I actually have one more clip that I wanted you to hear, but I don't have enough time here in segment number two, so I'm not going to play it. But it was about him wearing an a armband this season for Kobe Bryant because he really respected the Mamba mentality and really loved Kobe Bryant, and it was just a nice tribute. So it's not something necessarily that you got to hear, but I, I hope he adapts that Mamba mentality because if you get a, a, a motivated Derek Carr, a Derek Carr that's got a, a slice of, of Kobe Bryant's uh, you know, want to in him, then uh, the Raiders could be in for a big time season. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's the end of segment number two. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and your texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. And uh, I always tell you, you can hit me up on Twitter at your boy Q254 and you can get your message on that way if you want. So I got a couple Twitter messages as well and I want to knock those out right away. Uh, they're actually kind of really uh, shout outs. One is from at uh, six foot eight bro. I always had dreams of being six foot eight. Clearly, I wasn't. I'm only 5'11", but I always had dreams, especially when I was in the clubs back in the day and I might have had a drink or two too many. I always felt like I was six foot eight. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. So here's the tweet from at six foot eight, bro. Uh, he said, great work on the new radio show. By the way, the pod helps your boy get through these 
Bad days on the ship. He's from the Navy. Shout out your boy in the pod, Q. Hashtag Raider Nation. That's from at six foot eight, bro. That's from Fonz. Shout out to the Fonz. E. <laughs> and then uh, one more, one more quick t- tweet uh, from the six zero four Raider. Yo, Q. Just listened to today's podcast, man. As usual, solid stuff. One point though, you mentioned people listening from various different U.S. states, but no love for Canada. I was listening from Vancouver, Canada, and know loads of other Raider fans up north too. Love what you do, and as always, just win, baby. That's from 604 Raider, uh, so shout him out. Appreciate you, and uh, sorry that I missed you guys, but uh, yeah, I just it, it just slipped my mind. That's all. No slight, just slipped my mind. So those are a couple tweets that I got uh, earlier on Tuesday. I wanted to make sure I pass those on immediately. So the first call actually comes from, well, Canadian Raider. <laughs> He's calling real quick with a quick question for myself and Raider Nation. Here he is, Canadian Raider. Thank you. It's Canadian Raider here. I just wanted to call in with a real quick question. I think it's an interesting one, but kind of want to read your thoughts on it. If you had to bring back one Raider who was on last year's squad, who had gone elsewhere, and you had to choose them to bring back to be on our squad this year, who would you pick? Let me know. All right, take care, Raider Nation. All the best. Got all the love for Canada now, huh? (laughs) Canadian Raider right there. Appreciate that call. And look, it's a really good question. Um, And I'm not really thinking anyone who the Raiders let walk is someone that I really want back. You know what I'm saying? But I guess if I have to choose somebody, um, one guy I'd actually consider, actually I'd consider two guys. Deion Jordan, who actually worked out and took a COVID-19 test with the San Francisco 49ers, so they look like they may be uh, poised to sign him. But Deion Jordan, I'd kind of... I'd like to see what he can do in camp. You know, I don't think Raider Nation got an, uh, enough chance to see him in 2019. And maybe they did see enough of him in uh, in practice and all that to know that he's not the guy that they're looking for. But I think Deion Jordan on the defensive line would be okay. And I always liked DeAndre Washington. I always thought that he gave a lot of effort. Uh, he's a running back now. Or he's he is a running back. He's always been a running back, but he's uh, he's with the Chiefs now. He signed a one year deal with the Chiefs, uh, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing DeAndre Washington just compete back there in the in, in the running back room. Uh, like I said, he always wanted his opportunity, never really got uh, a lot of burn, and when he did, I mean, he was he was okay. He just wasn't great. But uh, basically, he's a guy that just gives Josh Jacobs a, a rep or two off. But uh, if I had to pick one or two guys, honestly, that's probably all I'd look at. I'm not looking at Carl Joseph. I'm not looking at Daryl Worley. Uh, I'm not looking at. I just half the people that are out there. I'm not. I'm not looking at um. Who's the fan favorite? Uh, who's the linebacker who who came in late? Oh man, I forget his name now. Anyways, I'm busting with the boys. He has the podcast. I forget his name, but everyone loves that dude for some reason. I think he's okay. A uh, Will Compton. Will Compton is his name. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I never thought he was that great. I thought he was just okay. So. Uh, I wouldn't even want that guy back. Anyway, thank you for that call. I appreciate you. Uh, Next up is a text from Riverview Raider. What up, Q? It's the Riverview Raider. Was listening to the show on training camp battles on the defense. Did you know Prince of Makamura was PFS fifth-rated man cover corner? He definitely will be one of the starters week one. Also, man, I'm excited about Rod Marinelli working with the youngsters, not being the D coordinator, just a D-line coach, which means that that's all he has to worry about. He'll teach these guys a lot. I hear a lot of the nation wanting to give up on Arden Key after two years. Come on, fellas. We knew he was a gamble when we took him in the third. Marinelli will teach this kid a lot and hopefully teach him how to tackle and finish a play. Raider Nation, stay safe. Thanks, Q, and congratulations on the new show. Hopefully you don't stop doing the podcast, LOL, from Riverview Raider. And no, the podcast ain't going nowhere. I'm not leaving the podcast. Uh, no, it's it's a done deal. That thing's riding with me no matter what. Uh, I definitely appreciate that. And 
Uh, yeah, Prince of Makamura, I think he has an opportunity to start. Now, if Damon Arnett goes out there and balls out in, in, uh, you know, in practice and they see a lot in training camp, I can see them saying, okay, go ahead, you're the dude. But most likely, especially with the lack of offseason, it will be Prince. And I do think that he's a very competent cover corner. I don't think he's a dynamic dude. He's not a shutdown guy by any means, but I do think he's pretty good. I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, Rob Marinelli, I've been very high on him, and I like Brenton Buckner a lot, but Rod Marinelli really, I think, is the real deal, and I'm very excited about what he's going to bring to the table and how he's going to work with these, uh, you know, these D linemen. And I'm glad you brought up Arden Key because he's a guy that uh, there's an article about him in the Athletic right now that Tashawn Reed wrote. And it's a pretty good one. And I was actually going to talk about it in segment number two, but I thought the Derek Carr stuff was more interesting. But Arden Key is, you know, he's talking about he's tired of doing things other people's way. He's going to do it the Arden Key way. That kind of concerns me because I don't know how often you do something that's not the way that the other people around you wanted to be done. It works for you, but... He's got an attitude. He, he feels like that, uh, you know, he has all the potential in the world. He went out there and said, we don't need no Jadavion Clowney. We got Arden Key. Well, go on out there and prove it, Arden Key. Stay healthy, first of all. And like you said, learn to wrap up, learn to tackle, learn to finish some sacks. There's a lot that you got to do. A lot of the criticism is on Arden Key's fault. It's on him. It's not on Raider Nation. It's not on the coaching staff. It's on the lack of finishing like he's done the first two years in the league. And then on top of that, ended up injured, and ended up on IR. Your best ability is what, Raider Nation? Availability. Even my kids know that. I say it all the time. So, uh, yeah, Arden Key, he could talk the talk. He can do all the articles he wants to do. That's great. Get out on the grass and make it happen. So, uh, definitely appreciate that text. I think you're on to some good stuff right there. I think I have time for maybe one more call. Yeah, one more call. How about Border Jumper Raider? Haven't heard from him in a while. He's calling in. Uh, actually called in late last week to speak on a few subjects like Jamal Adams, the directions of the Raiders, the preseason being canceled, Raider Nation Radio, and a little bit more. Here he is, Border Jumper Raider. Q, it's been a while. Border Jumper Raider. Hope you're having a good summer. Hope you're staying safe. Um, so here we go. Hey, you know, good for Jamal Adams, good for the Seattle Seahawks, good for the Jets. I'm glad because the Raiders, I don't want them to, in the next three or four years, to give up any of this draft capital. Capital. I think I like the way Mike Mayock and John Gruden, you know, my Matt is the, uh, he's going out shopping for the groceries and, and we're hoping that, uh, John, and I feel comfortable with John Gruden um, building the team up to a, a point of a championship level. I'm uh, part of the uh, OG, the old guard, you know, 60 years old and a fan for 50. So, uh, you know, I always have conversations with fans from other teams, and, and, and we always discuss. I said, I wouldn't rather <laughs> – I couldn't want to be a fan from another team. It's so much fun being a, a Raiders fan from um, – just, just all when you see saw a fellow Raider fan, you hey, what's up? You know, you give him a, you know. And when I go through the airports or places or shopping malls, and I got a jersey and a number, and people are so knowledgeable, you know, and they'll call out the player without even seeing the uh, name on the back of the jersey. I don't agree with the preseason being canceled because possibly they're going to miss out on a diamond in the rough. Congrats on uh, you and uh, being part of that uh, Raider Nation radio, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll get your spot in. And you'll uh, take over Mike Greenberg's spot. Yuck, yuck. Um, I agree with the changes. It is culture, but I got to give a lot of thanks to the three wise men, John Groot and Mike Mayock and uh, Mark Davis. 
And I, I really like his uh, Mark Davis, how he's maturing. And uh, I guess uh, I'll leave that. It's been a while, but uh, thanks. Uh, we've, I've been uh, hanging out with you for uh, well over a year now. And, uh, I, I, you know, and I, I never had the patience to listen to talk radio because I lived in New England uh, for 24 years, and I didn't want to hear anybody talk about the Patriots and or anybody else. And now... The Raiders, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders are the only organization that has their own dedicated radio station. And I think that is, I mean, that's awesome. So for this old guard, you know, thanks for everything. Hey, people, be good, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and uh, more to jump a Raider. Out. Appreciate hearing from you, brother. It's been a while, like you said, but a lot of good stuff. And, yeah, I like how you call Gruden, Davis, and Mayock the three wise men as far as changing the culture with the Raiders. You're definitely onto something right there. They have turned that culture into a positive. The direction is positive. Now the players, the team, the coaching staff, they all got to take the next step on the field but it is coming. And as far as Jamal Adams, I understand. That was a lot of capital that the Seahawks gave up. I think it was good for them, but I, I agree I wouldn't have wanted to give the, that kind of capital if I was the Raiders either, even for a guy as good as Jamal Adams. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Uh, I got a text from Raider Cisco from the 760. I got a call from RBK Raider out the 209. Raider Con Man. Don't have time to get to those today, but don't worry. We still got a couple more days in the week, so I'll definitely absolutely 100% get those on this week. I guarantee you it will happen. So I appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the love by way of Twitter and of course the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Uh, continue to be safe each and every day. We're, we're going to beat this thing. I, I feel it in my bones that we're going to beat this thing uh, one day at a time is how we do it. Washing our hands. We're social distancing. We're wearing our masks. We're staying safe. We're taking care of our loved ones. Most importantly, Raider Nation, just win, baby.